Picks Mix is brought to you by the Aromata Show, broadcasting on Liberated Syndication, youtube.com forward slash Aromata Show, and is in association with the Old School Lane podcast. Picks Mix is brought to you by oldschoollane.blogspot.com and is associated with the Aaron Metis Show. Welcome to Pigs Mix with Aaron. And Patricia. Hey, Patricia, how are you doing? I'm feeling really joyful today, Aaron. Yeah. Eh? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm really looking forward to getting an inside look at this out there film. All right, you win. I'm, yeah. I'm gone for the day. Good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah, if it was But no, seriously, after last episode of Pigs Mix talking about a mediocre movie such as Monsters University, I think we really needed this. Yeah, I think uh, we really need this right now. So and I'll tell you what, this is actually one of my favorite uh, Pixar films that we're just about to talk about. So uh, let's not just delay, let's just get right into it. When Ben Side Out was first announced, uh, at least in my circle, it was not actually well received when the first trailer came out. And just keep this in mind, everybody. We had just come off Cars 2, Brave, and Monsters University. So what did Pixar decide to announce? Hey, we're going to lecture you about your emotions. And I've got to be honest with you, uh, when the when this was first announced, it was not really a good tone to strike after giving us three films of uh, not very good, really. So. Yeah, that is true. And you have to understand, for those who have just been tuning in, we had just gone through what many people consider to be the Pixar Dark Age, in which after John Lasseter left and after Toy Story 3... It seemed that Pixar had been going through mediocre movie after mediocre movie, and everybody was just, like, really, really disappointed. This was when Disney was starting to get back on the horse with releasing things such as Princess and the Frog and Tangled and Frozen, Wrecked Ralph. So a lot of people had pretty much lost hope on Pixar for the longest time. Uh, I, I mean, for many people, they say that, you know, Pixar hasn't done, like, a really good movie or at least anything that is of their quality and pretty much i would say in almost five years uh, so now we have this huge comeback in the form of inside out and man it's definitely hands down one of the best pixar movies that has ever come out it was a massive surprise to say the least. and uh, But when you go into the production of it, you're actually not very surprised about it because uh, they actually brought, I, if I understand correctly, they actually brought in like psychologists and like uh, psychiatrists and things like that to like, uh, you know, really get down the characters of emotions. Which yeah, I thought there was, was a lot brilliant. of research done about this movie, about the emotional um, aspect of how a person feels and 
Uh, of course, uh, done by the amazing Pete Doctor, who has worked on other movies such as Up. Uh, he worked on uh, Monsters, Inc. and um, various others. And so he decided that he was going to base off of something that was really personal for him. And uh, Inside Out is that movie. And so, yeah, um, I, I remember when I first heard about it, I didn't really think too much of it. Because I think, well, let's see, 2015, um, what Disney movie was out during that time? Was it like, was it Zootopia or was it um, Big Hero 6? No, I think uh, I think it was Big Hero 6 because I remember Zootopia coming out way before, way after uh, Inside Out's announcement. Okay so, it, okay, so it came out around Big Hero 6 and Big Hero 6 was like, oh, this is, the, this is Disney and Marvel coming together and they're going to make an animated movie based off of this obscure comic book series. So everybody was like into the Disney Marvel phase and... You know, I, I guess, you know, because we were so burned out from Pixar, we didn't think that they were ever going to do something like this again. And lo and behold, it just came out and everybody just loved it. It's it's still amazing. Yeah, I'll tell you, I still remember the uh, the quotes I made uh, when I was still, I think I was still on terrestrial radio at the time, I think I was back in those days. And uh, I remember saying, uh, okay, uh, look, uh, everyone... Um, time me and uh, I picked up the phone in the studio and I said okay l- listen Pixar I want uh, The Incredibles 2 Ratatouille 2 and uh, I can't remember I need some other like uh, sequels that I would like to see and then I just put the phone on and I said hey hey everybody I just saved Pixar so uh, it was just uh, it was a it was a pretty squalid time to say the least but uh, you know let's talk through this film and let's uh, show everybody why this brought us back to the brought us back to uh, why we all think Pixar is the gold standard again. So, uh, yeah. Uh, right before we do that, we need to talk about the short that came with it. Oh, yes. Lava. yeah. And uh, man, I cannot tell you how many people hated this short. A lot of people think this is the worst Pixar short that has ever come out. Really? I liked it. Yeah, I remember people hating it. Like, I think I listened to a, a bunch of animation podcasts and they were talking about, like, oh, it's incredible. Oh, hold on. Dog. <laughs> Dog. Might be Doug from Up. No, no, it's not Doug. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we're going to find out who it is when. But anyway, uh, while she's doing into that, you know, for me, Lava was actually a really, I thought I actually liked it. It was a nice little song about uh, about a volcano, uh, finding a love for uh, another volcano. And uh, it just, you know, unable to, uh, you know, uh, get together with this other one. It was it was pretty straightforward, I will admit. And uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, it is pretty straightforward. I mean. I guess, I don't know why people hated it. Uh, I guess some people hated it because, oh, it's nothing but songs, where some of the other Pixar shorts, it was quiet and subtle. Um, I think some people hated it because, oh, um, you know, this guy, this lava, I mean, this lava is dreaming about a girl, and then he gets a girl, and then the girl is, like, dedicated to him or something like that. It's like, I, I don't know. But I don't think it's that bad. I think it's pretty good. I actually do like it. Uh, in a sense in which I think it's cute and it's very sweet. So I, I don't know why people hated this short. I, I, I don't have a clue. I don't know. Maybe when they were all at school, they were bullied by a volcano or something. I don't, I don't know. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Well, I, I thought it was a good shot. Yeah, uh, me too. But, uh, with that out of the way, let's actually get into this movie, which we'll... 
which I'm really excited about. Okay, so uh, it all starts with a girl named Riley Anderson, who was born in Minnesota. Uh, her mind, uh, which is commonly referred to as headquarters, uh, her five personal personal five emotions are created over time, which is joy, sadness, fear, disgust, and anger. And uh, I thought this was a really good start. It's like, you know, it started off quiet, and it started off, you know, where you can't, where nothing's there, it's just black, and then they went to white, and then all the emotions started coming out, and Joy was the first one to uh, come out, and then, uh, so you could see, uh, and you know, she's going to be the main character of the, uh, of, 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 the, of the movie, and so obviously she comes in first and uh, establishes herself, and then Sadness comes in afterwards and establishes herself. So, yeah, it was a good way to start. So basically, these five emotions come together, and they are controlling her mind, like if it's a he- uh, like if it's like some sort of business, like a headquarters. And every emo- uh, every memory that happens, it gets stored away into like these little colored orbs, and um, a lot of them are happy, and some of them are sad. And um, joy is very uh neglectful on sadness oh so much to the point in which she like puts her way into a corner especially in the scene in which she touches one of the really happy memories and they can't revert it back into being happy so sadness is pretty much pushed to the side and um she doesn't really do much of anything except being incredibly depressed and uh riley uh who is our uh, main character she's a regular teenage uh well she's a regular uh, girl going into teenagehood and she is from Minnesota and she loves hockey and she's doing really well in school and she gets along with her parents and everything goes very well until um, her father announces that they have to move away to San Francisco and she starts going through a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's also, they've also got this uh, thing of like islands of personality and uh, I thought uh, that was a pretty novel way of, of, of doing it where uh, you know you have like this uh, you know a family island and then you have like a, you know a sports island and like all these other uh, places as well and so that kind of like interlinks with the personality and so uh, I liked how computerized it all was in a way it was pretty well put together and very clever how they how they all did it. You know, in a way. Yeah, it almost kind of reminded me of Wreck-It Ralph a little bit, in which Ralph would be traveling from video game world to video game world, and you get to see everything and how different it is, and they each have their own main character. And uh, it's pretty much similar here, in which every single one of them represents something, like one of the happiest memories that Riley's going through. And uh, yeah, it's actually really interesting. I mean, it, it also makes you think about... Um, if we had core memories in our brains, what would it be of? Oh, I'm trying to think. Well, what would my core memory be? Uh, I think. Uh, dare I say, I think. Uh, well, why not? Just because it's fresh in my mind because of Toys R Us. I think probably getting my Super Nintendo <laughs> probably was a, it was a core memory for me. And yeah. uh, what else would the core memory be? Um, yeah, I just think uh, I, I probably. I'll tell you what, I probably need to have a sit down and think about that, really. Because uh, I, yeah, I have probably a lot of Probably one of my core memories was when I was in fourth or fifth grade and Kevin and I would be going over to a field trip. Every field trip that we ever went to, we always sat together in uh, the school bus and we would go to one place and we always make a comic book out of it. He would be the one drawing and I would be the one writing. And it always was a highlight for us whenever we go to somewhere fun. And then we draw a comic book at the end of the trip so we can... Um, have it in our memories yeah and then you get to sell it to disney and uh, make some movies out of it so (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so, uh, yeah, so each emotion has a defined purpose for Riley's life. Joy makes her happy, fear makes her safe, uh, anger makes her life fair, and her disgust prevents her from being poisoned. And uh, so, both physically yeah, and socially. With um, broccoli. Yeah, and actually, on top of that as well, I don't know, this is one thing I, I sort of kind of disliked about uh, Pixar, and this was a, a trait I started to notice, and that is uh, the regionalization of the movies. So, if you know oh, that yeah, you that's had... right, because yeah. in Japan, uh, they put in green peppers. Mm-hmm. And in, uh, in here in this country, you didn't in the memory with the dad, you didn't get the uh, the hockey game. You got the you got a you got a soccer game, which I thought was totally yeah, unnecessary. It makes, it makes a lot of sense because uh, in America, I'm sure that you know America and Canada, I'm sure hockey would be very popular. But I guess in more European countries, that would make a lot more sense. And maybe for like. Maybe for the Japanese, baseball would be something that they would be preferring to watch. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, cause, uh, you know, I would have preferred the memory to be hockey, to be honest with you, because it wouldn't show that there's like a, a nice little like sports uh, connection with uh, with Riley between the, the him and uh, you know him and Riley. So I think that probably might have been. So, it nice. also has to do with cultural um, reasons, and um, yeah. I think in Zootopia they did the same thing, in which um, one of the news announcers, uh, you know, depending on what country you live in, the um, the co-announcer will be a, d- a different animal. I think in Japan it was like a, a tanuki, and I think in China it was a panda bear or something. So I can understand that. I mean, at least they were able to do it in a way in which it made uh, safe. Uh, I mean, not safe sense. To the cultures, I mean, as as unlike you know, four kids in which, oh, um, we don't want you to know that it came from this country. Uh, instead of rice balls, we're just gonna put a bunch of sandwiches and jelly donuts. Yeah, and uh, and also, uh, do I remember they turned, they turned one of the characters blue as well? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, remember that's the Dragon Ball Z Kai um, English dub, and then eventually when Nickelodeon got it, uh, they did they did decided to turn Mr. Popo blue because mm. they thought he would be a, a racist stereotype. Yeah. So uh, I mean, so this is so there was this regionalization. Also, some of that was well. There was uh, I mean, there's one that stands out for me, and that was Monsters Inc. Because uh, if you remember in the uh, news, you know when uh, the when Boo finally comes into the into the monster world, and there's the whole like news cycle, you know the, the news report that comes out. If you notice, uh, instead of calling it catastrophe, they actually uh, in some countries they actually just put in like you know a nuclear symbol over the uh, over the over the over the overlay, rather than basically calling it catastrophe. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I remember that. So, yeah. uh, go back to Inside Out. Um, when Riley turns 11, her family relocates to San Francisco and uh, her father gets a new job. Uh, Joyce tries to make uh, the move more a pleasant experience for Riley and uh, the emotions, but uh, several elements leading up to the move make the other emotions think otherwise, and, and sadness messing up uh, a couple of things while turning a happy memory into a sad one when, when she touches it, like uh, we said before. And, uh, you know, it's um, y- you can definitely tell that Joy is kind of a control freak in this like yeah, uh, she yeah. wants everything to be happy she wants everything to be smooth because she thinks joy and happiness equals you're stable mm. and even though you say you can definitely tell that, uh, that she's going through some kind of she's basically causing it to go through some kind of crisis at this point because yeah uh, yeah exactly. she, yeah and like you can uh, tell uh, I, I, it's interesting that uh remember when she went through the day and then at, the, at night like uh you know everyone is uh frustrated and uh but uh like riley you know riley is the one who's uh you know managed to keep you know riley happy and uh you can tell that she's kind of going through like a kind of uh, you know when it shows like she's kind of like robotic in a way 
and when she like kind of just reverts from like being you know uh from like you know neutral to happy like just very quickly in that scene yeah. in the bed in the bedroom in the bedtime scene and uh yeah it felt very robotic and i thought that was quite clever for them to do that to kind of like say oh she, here's this fake front they're just putting on uh riley when they know that she's going through other emotions at the same time right exactly and um we definitely do see in which um when riley is going through the struggles of fitting in in san francisco it just becomes incredibly overwhelming uh school's not working out for her um her father is constantly working and he's under stress they live in this really cramped apartment and um she's just not interested in anything anymore so she basically is sort of um kind of like being on her uh, you know being by herself going into her room a lot and this is when the major um plot point in the movie in which when joy and sadness get sucked into the tube and then they get separated from the main headquarters and they have to get back right before uh riley becomes an emotional wreck yeah there's also the um the bit where um joy like puts like a circle uh, around sadness yeah, i chose yeah, she put, yeah, exactly. She puts a circle around sadness for her to not touch anything because she already ruined one of the major memories from her childhood and she doesn't want her to ruin it again. So basically she's telling sadness, sadness, you are not needed here because you cause a lot of um, emotional stress for Riley. Go go into the corner and don't touch anything. Don't do anything. You're not wanted. You know, in revision, Joy's a bit of a dick, isn't she? <laughs> you yeah, but here's the thing aaron I, I can understand what joy is going through because uh, what would you be what would you feel uh if you were to feel an emotion would you prefer to be happy or sad i mean as somebody who's going through um you know severe depression and anxiety i trust me going through that is not fun and i can understand why somebody like joy who is you know basically uh, her job is to make somebody happy would want to go through that because she loves Riley so much. She wants nothing more than her being happy and her being content with what she has. And so she would do anything for that. I, I think anything, she would be uh, incredibly like um, obsessive for it. Yeah, I'll take you on that point. So mind you, we're too early into the movie, I think to, uh, to address, you know, uh, uh, that at the moment. So I'm sure I'll address it at the, when we, when we got further into it. Um, yep. So on Riley's first day of school, uh, Joy attempts to uh, keep sadness away, and uh, so uh, but ends up uh, touching a, a core memory, and uh, she ends up crying in the classroom. So uh, good start. <laughs> and uh, Joy attempts to dispose of the new memory, but uh, her struggle—basically, a new memory gets created because of the situation. She attempts to dispose of it, but um, then uh, hijinks ensue, and then both her Joy and sadness gets uh, sucked out of headquarters, and uh, they end up into uh, uh, making their way through long-term memory. And uh, we yes. basically it's just this massive labyrinth. Um, I don't know. Was there a bit of yes, a massive labyrinth? No, David Bowie. No, David Bowie. <laughs> I was about to say that actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Dance right. magic, dance magic. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the magic ball as well. Like there's plenty oh. of magic balls in this. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, and uh, while they're there, they run. We run into uh, one of our uh, fun characters, which is Bing Bong. Uh, the, right, I love right. Bing Bong so much. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know it was um, it, it was a fun. Game. I thought at the beginning, I thought, oh no, it's going to be like a, an annoying character, but no, it's uh, it's, it's someone you can kind of uh, emotionally attach yourself to because it's somebody who feels 
you know, um, left out for a very considerable long time because, uh, you know, Bing Bong was, uh, you know, Riley's imaginary friend. And as she grew yeah. older, she basically, you know, for forgot him in a way. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's not like in the Foster's Home universe in which um, they actually do come to life. And if you don't want them anymore, then you just stick them into the, um, the foster home for them to be adopted into another family. It's actually pretty interesting about how it's still deep down into your core memory that um, we would have something like an imaginary friend. And yeah, you're right. Uh, I, when I first saw this character in the theaters, I, th I was like, oh God, here we go. A bubblegum barf pink elephant and he's gonna come along and be all smiley and annoying and i was, I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't yeah and uh, before my richard kind and uh, i'm trying to remember who, who was richard else richard in as well i'm trying to remember he was uh uh he was bookworm in toy story 3 and uh, i believe he was molting a bug's life I yes I, I think i remember yeah yeah so he's uh, he's done some other pixar characters as well but bing bong's obviously his crowning achievement at this point mm -hmm. yeah definitely yeah so uh, we've got uh, the team of uh, Joy, uh, Sadness, and Bing Bong trying to get back to headquarters and uh, Bing Bong tagging along, hoping that uh, they'll be able to... Um, uh, um, uh, my God, I've gone blank now. Uh, so you so talk about the train of thought and then I lose my train of thought. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, basically they go over to one of the, um, the worlds and essentially while they're looking around, uh, Sadness, I believe... Um, she causes something to um, cause the... Um, let's see, what was it going to be? Oh, that's right, that's right. I believe that what she does was that um, she actually... Um, they actually see the memories like falling down one by one as Riley starts becoming a lot more emotional. I think the first one that they go to, they had to leave just before it fell down. And, uh, event and then eventually all of them happened to um, fall down piece by piece, essentially being like her main core memories that have been making her happy, that had been there her entire life or just falling apart and Riley starts becoming more sad. Everything that she tries to do doesn't work. She tries to sign up for a hockey team. She doesn't, she's not interested. Um, she tries to talk with her parents about moving back. It doesn't work. And she tries going into class, but she's not fitting in. So it just hasn't been working out for her. Yeah. It's just, it's a, and you know, like the, 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 the visuals in this are just, just, just top notch in this. You, know, you can see like all those, those islands that are just falling into the, uh, into the memory dump. It's just, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great. It's great visionary, uh, to, to say the least. And, uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's very striking as well because, you know, you, you, you feel all those, uh, you know, on top of that, you know, you see joy and sadness, like going onto all those islands to try and get back up into headquarters. And, uh, every time they try and go on one, it just falls apart. And uh, so it's, uh, it ends up being kind of like a very desperate attempt trying to get back at, get back, and they just can't. So, uh, uh, so uh, when they try all the islands and they all fall into the into the memory dump, uh, Joyce, Sadness, and Bing Bong hatch a plan to ride on the train of thought back to headquarters and trek through the various parts of Riley's mind, unaware that Riley's life is slowly starting to crumble. Uh, she alienates both both her parents and her former friend, uh, struggles to own new surroundings, and quits uh, hockey and do so for the first tryout. Anger reasons uh, that the only way they can restore Riley's personality is to keep the remaining islands from falling into the uh, memory dump, and the raiders to run back to Minnesota. So um yeah this was um 
Yeah, it was interesting that they said they tried to uh, cover up for joy and sadness, and it was the with uh, anger, disgust, and fear, and obviously it doesn't work. And uh, you can see that when uh, her inter- you know her interactions with her parents are pretty uh, you know pretty squalid to say the least. And uh, yeah, one of my favorite scenes in this movie is when we actually do get to see the parents' emotions and how um, it's very somewhat similar. They each have like a a joy, an anger, a sadness, a fear, and a disgust. And then you have like, um, you know, the the fears dad talking about like, you know, sports and about like how, um, you know, trying to be strong and being controlling while the, 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 the mother is basically talking about like, oh, um, you know, try to smile and nod and trying to, you know, be uh, you know, uh, try to imagine like a hot guy or something. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I love the designs of the uh, uh, of of the headquarters of each person. It's like uh, um, I tell you what, if if if, I, if my uh, if my brain right now uh, had headquarters like that, it would be it would literally be the studio. Like uh, it just be just be me, like uh, you know, with all these screens in front of me, and uh, you know, uh, hopefully one day I'll decorate it and stuff like that. But. Uh, yeah, it, w- it would literally just be a radio studio, and uh, you know we'll all just be on our booths, just kind of like you know talking on our headsets. <laughs> it would be, it would be, it would be <laughs> oh, pretty crazy. A lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Angle will get a lot of good lines in, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Talking about like oh, um, you know, politics news. Oh, yeah. wrestling. Oh, uh, hey Arnold. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> pretty much. So, um, later that night, though, while Riley's sleeping, Joy, Sadness, and Bing Bong arrive at the loading dock for the train of thought, only to realize the train doesn't run during the night time. In an attempt to uh, jump the, jumpstart the train, uh, the three inf- uh, the three infiltrate the Dream Production Studio, uh, where Riley dreams and nightmares are created. And uh, I love this concept as well. Like, uh, you know, their, their dreams are literally made in a, like, in a, in a massive, like, uh, a cinema complex. Uh, yeah exactly that's what i was about to say that it was so interesting about how um it's kind of like uh you know it almost reminded me a little bit of osmosis jones in which you have the scene in which um you want to see the memories of the person or what was going on they see it like a movie and um yeah basic i mean when i was seeing inside out it constantly made me think about osmosis jones Mm -hmm. and um i was just thinking man they actually inside out actually made the concept of osmosis jones good how do they do that yeah because i mean to be quite honest i know some people like osmosis jones but i don't i don't really like it very much yeah it's just it's for me i saw the tv series before i saw the movie and, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah! I forgot there was a TV series. There was it. a TV yeah. series, yeah, and uh, so I mean, um, I I didn't like the movie after after I saw the TV series. I actually prefer the TV series to the movie, which I think some people will be quite surprised about. But uh, I, I have think... never seen the TV show. I mean, after I saw the movie, I was like, oh, really? They're gonna make a TV show out of this? Mm. Oh, I can't wait to see the animated version of Frank and you know what Ozzy and and Drix are gonna be doing. Which, you know, if, if I'm surprised that there was, considering that, you know, Drix was, um, you know, a, a tablet for, like, temporary colds, and he should have been, you know, disintegrated by now. But, yeah, after, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think I agree with what the Animated Anarchy podcast said about this movie, is that the animated segments were more interesting than good, and the human segments were just boring yeah. and really disgusting. Uh, so, and a total waste of Dan Aykroyd. When you think about it, like, you know, what, what a shame that he was just, you know, the way he was. And yeah, like, and yeah. it's hands down one of Bill Murray's worst roles. I think it's yeah. 
just as bad uh, Bill as Bill Murray. Sorry, I do apologize. I don't know why I said Dan Aykroyd, but no, it's so. okay. I mean, he kind of almost looks like Dan Aykroyd in that movie. Yeah. Um, so going back to um to Inside Out, uh, I saw Inside Out and Bing Bong Boy the train of thought and uh, make their way towards headquarters. Uh, Anger reacts, enacts uh, his plan of running away. Uh, Riley is le- is led to steal her mother's uh, credit card, which causes uh, Honesty Island to crumble, destroying the train of thought in the process. Uh, Joy, Sadness, and Bing Bong take refuge in the family island, only for the island to begin to fall into in pieces. Uh, when Riley boards uh, a waiting bus to Minnesota. Uh, then, a failed attempt to hitch a ride to headquarters exper- through an exposed uh, memory chu- recall tube, a Joy and Bing Bong fall into the dump, leaving Sadness on her own. And, uh, yeah, this was the bit when, um, you know, Joy ditched Sadness at that point. Yeah, she did. She ditched her and left her, you know, for gone. And I was really shocked by this. Is like... You know, all she wanted to do was just to get back to headquarters and she would stop at nothing to do it, even so much as sacrificing sadness for it, because she doesn't think that sadness is necessary because all she did was just cause so many problems. And throughout the movie, you're you're I mean, for a lot of people who don't know about the ending, obviously, but you're thinking, yeah, absolutely. You know, Joy has an absolute valid thought because nobody likes to be sad we hate being sad because it just doesn't make us feel good it makes us feel stressed and it gets us into a situation in which we don't we we're not our true selves so that's why i think that that you know until we get into the ending it's very valid on why she wants to act like this and it doesn't really help much that sadness does become like too depressed for her own good that it just doesn't make you feel like you can root for her but yeah it actually was pretty shocking especially also in the scene in which when you know bing bong actually um you know um disintegrates and you know goes into the the um, you know the memories where he will be long forgotten and doesn't come back if you when you think about it, because uh, when when you think that the easiest thing they would have done is like uh, when they've like restored you know headquarters back to normal and everything that you know he would like magically reappear. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. No, he... It's almost like with um, you know Olaf from Frozen, in which like oh um, but you know spring and is going to be approaching, and, and Olaf's going to melt. What's going to happen? Oh, don't worry. All you need to do is just put in some little fluffy cloud and it constantly snows and it'll be okay. But no, in this case, you know, when Bing Bong falls down, he falls down for good. He's not coming back and it's legitimately sad. I remember people crying in the theater when that happened. Yeah, that was the, that was the first that was the first moment of sad, of uh, of sadness from the from the audience. So, uh, and there's plenty more to come after that. So, um, Joy and Despair is in the verge of giving up and bursting into tears uh, and uh, shifts through Riley's memories, uh, locating uh, the sad one, which uh, Riley uh, missed uh, the shot of the hockey game. But uh, then, uh, during all that uh, scene, she realizes that uh, when she moves it for back and forth, that it actually ch- changes from, uh, from, from sadness to joy. And uh, because uh, people realize that she, she was sad and uh, they wanted to cheer her up. So, uh, she ended up being happy because of sadness. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. So, in a sense, sadness did cause one of um, Riley's best memories to happen when she fell down from the ice and she was starting to cry. And then when her parents came to her, she was starting to feel better. So, it does leave a very important lesson about how um, we always want to, you know, discard sadness because. Um, like I mentioned earlier about me going through depression, being sad, especially about yourself or whatever's going on, is not good. But at the same time, you kind of need it because 
in a sense, you really want to hang in there and um, it, it almost makes you feel alive in a sense that, hey, you know, I, I can understand why, um, you know, I'm feeling this way. And without this and without the sadness, you wouldn't be uh, appreciative of what's to come with, you know, happiness. Yeah, you have to be sad. It's one of your emotions. Well, like you know, we're, we're, we all and you know, the, every emotion here that's represented, you know, joy, sadness, uh, fear, anger, disgust. I mean, these these are all normal things that we expect. Like you know, it's yeah, just, uh, exactly. And in a sense, the fact that it's saying that this movie is saying it's okay to be sad, then that's amazing because you know, as a society, we're taught to not cry or else we'll be seen as weak. You have to, you know, don't show your emotions because you don't want them to walk all over you, take advantage of you. You have to be strong. You have to be tough. But the fact that it's saying it's okay to feel sad, it's okay to let out your emotions because that's being, that, that's, that's part of life. You have to feel these emotions in order for you to be a healthy human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, uh, Joy emerges from, from the dump and finds Sadness, uh, who has uh, come to the conclusion that uh, her, her doings can only hurt Riley and uh, flees her, uh, using a huge pile of uh, imaginary boyfriends uh, from imagination. Oh, yeah, the uh, the imaginary boyfriends from imagination land. And the idea yeah. is just, just uh, create them. Just it's... Uh, uh, that's uh, great. Oh, my goodness. It's just it's... Uh, I don't know, it was, I'm trying to think of uh, the only other thing I can think of uh, that relates to that is probably like when uh, that Treehouse of Horror episode when Homer clones himself. Multiple yeah, I times. remember that one. Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing I can relate it to really. But uh, uh, Joy launches uh, herself uh, towards sadness with a large tramp- trampoline and grabs uh, her before she flies off toward climbing towards headquarters, where anger, disgust, uh, work together to get them inside. Uh, everyone uh, then looks uh, to Joy to save the situation, but as she steps back and lets Sadness take control. And my goodness, was this a powerful part of the movie? Oh my god, I was like, I was like welling up when I saw that. Yeah. Like throughout the ending of the movie, I was just a mess. Yeah. <laughs> I was crying so much because I just felt so attached to this. Yeah. So you know, Riley at this point has run, has, has nearly ran away, but uh, when Sadness takes control, it's like all of a sudden she says she snaps out of her like trance and says, "Oh, good grief! What the hell am I doing? Get me off this bus!" And so she runs back off to uh, her parents, and uh, her parents are, are worried about her. And, uh, you know, then Sadness takes control of the console, and, you know, she, she, Riley just pours her heart out. And everybody, you know, I, let me say this, I, I saw Inside Out twice. I loved it that much that uh, I needed, I, when I first saw it, I sort of, it hit me so much that I couldn't exactly believe it. And so I went to go see it again, just to kind of clarify what I saw the first time. And in in both product, in both screenings, the, that whole that whole cinema was in floods of tears. Yes, it me was too. brilliant. Everybody was crying. I mean, I looked like side to side from everybody who was watching this movie, and they were all tearing up. My sister and my cousin were like all crying, and um, there was like this little kid who was like saying, "Mommy, is she gonna go back with her daddy and mommy? She can't go into the bus. She's not allowed to." 
And it was just the cutest thing ever. And then when they started hugging each other after Riley lets out her emotions, that was like, that's it. Bring out the waterworks. Uh, I'm I, done. I, I, it wasn't, wasn't the, the best touch that uh, when Sadness brought in uh, Joy to like press a button and then she just starts smiling because, you know, uh, her parents are comforting her. In, yes. in this, in this, in this, a moment when she just, yeah, and uh, oh my goodness! As I, I would actually like to have seen the emotions inside uh, Riley's parents' head. And that see would what be they great. Were. Yeah, yeah, I would love to have seen how they were feeling. Maybe like we could have had a scene in which when they're worried, and we could see like the parents' emotions, like, oh man, you know, we got to find Riley. Where is she? And you know, that's all in their minds right now. Like, how were they feeling when that was happening? Yeah. Actually, one thing we forgot to mention on this, uh, that uh, if you notice in the um, in the head of, uh, of the mom, uh, that is basically like a, a, an afternoon talk show. And in the, uh, the, in the head of the dad, it's like Star Trek. Like, yes. Uh, I, I thought that was pretty clever, to be honest with you. So, that was that. So, um, uh, Riley is now functioning the way that she should be, and uh, on top of that, now they, uh, as I, in this part of the, uh, in, in the final act of the film, they started doing all the foreshadowing for a possible sequel. Yes. If you know, so we got, uh, you know, Riley joining the new hockey team, uh, we got, uh, the upgraded console with the uh, big red puberty button, uh, so, uh, I think that's probably going to be, if they are going to do a sequel, obviously that's going to be... The, uh, the the probably the main uh, the probably the main story of it all in my opinion that would be well. really interesting Riley going to few puberty I think uh, yeah we we never really had a puberty movie when you think about it like no not really no. I mean like I said before the they only did this concept like only once with in uh, with Osmosis Jones and I guess after that it's like oh every time that we go into the human body or something we have to like learn about it like something educational like the magic school bus or something yeah mind you it's like I, I, I would I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this we'll talk about the possible sequel in a minute but we'll just finish off the film so uh, uh, there's that and then there's the the hilarious conversation with the boy. And, uh, and then you get to see his emotions inside his head, and like yeah, they're all panicking because they just seen a, they just seen Riley, and uh, that, that, that was pretty hilarious. And uh, mm. yeah, it's just it's um, and she, she looks more a lot more put together, and looks like she's growing up. So and they kind of leave it at that. And uh, Riley yeah. now uh, is adapting to life in the new city with sadness. Uh, finally, finding finding a finding a place among the fellow emotions, and everyone works together to help her lead Riley to as happy as life as she turns twelve. So that's. That's the end of that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just hoping that we don't have to wait about 10 or 15 years and then they'll announce, hey, we're making a prequel about when she's in preschool. Well, I mean, there's uh, there's five unknown films, uh, unentitled films at the moment in Pixar Studios, so who knows, maybe one of them might be that, might be that uh, possible sequel. So. Yeah, that is true. I mean, we are getting uh, The Incredibles 2, we're getting Toy Story 4, so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Inside Out 2 is in the works. Yeah, they, they, you know, they need to do that. And along with, you know, uh, I would like to see a sequel to Ratatouille, but uh, anyway. But anyway, looking, thinking about a possible sequel for Inside Out, I mean, um, if, I mean if they do decide to go the puberty angle, angle I mean, they're the, the going to have to be very careful not to turn this into, like, you know, a, 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 a one and a half hour sex ed uh, oh, God, yeah, no. Movie. Yeah. You see, Riley, when mommy and daddy get together and love each other very much. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, no, thank no, you. I, I'm going along the lines of, you know, like uh, Riley realizes that, uh, you know, she's uh, she's developing. 
if you know oh, what I'm talking gotcha. about. And, okay. like, you know, where uh, she... Uh... You know, maybe they can pull off the As Told by Ginger thing in which she's watching a puberty video and they're talking about, you know, getting your period and becoming, uh, you know, giving birth to a baby and having breasts. And who knows, maybe somebody will actually puke while they're watching it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, well, maybe well, they could do that scene in the classroom, I guess. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, mind you, hopefully they won't. Get, well, mind you, ho- hopefully they won't make it too similar because we'll basically we, the next picks mix we do with the uh, the Inside Out sequel. We'll just be saying, uh, "Oh, remember when we saw this in As Told by Ginger? Oh, I remember <laughs> you discussing that in uh, you know we're in between. It's like you know, it's just it's uh, yeah. Hopefully we won't go to that point, but uh, no, I don't think so. We're not. Anyway, um, this uh, movie cost uh, cost one hundred and seventy five million dollars to make, but it took home f- eight hundred and fifty six million dollars. That is a lot, considering that this was a movie that nobody was expecting to be this good. Money well spent, in my opinion, even though it was... uh, Was it it Pixar's most expensive film, thinking about... I mean, uh, actually, that's a good question. Let me me double-check to see what was the most expensive film. I I mean, I wouldn't... I wouldn't even know. I'd imagine some of the later ones will probably be. I mean, like, uh, I probably imagine, I don't know, uh, maybe Finding Dory, Cars, th- maybe, or Cars 3 and Coco, maybe they might have, like, blown the budget a little bit. But, Possibly, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll get to them at some point. Anyway, scores. Um, I say 10. Yeah, 10. Me yeah, too. No, no debate. I think uh, we're definitely going to say 10 on that. And, uh, yeah, so... You know, uh, it's kind of funny because I know some people who nitpick on this movie saying that, you know, what Riley was going through were first world problems, that if they really wanted to focus on the emotions of somebody, why can't it be like, oh, a person who's struggling with, like, uh, somebody who is um, Asperger's syndrome or somebody who went through, like, physical or emotional abuse from a, a neglectful parent or... Um, somebody who may have been like questionable, questioning their gender or something. So I do know people who give that uh, criticism, which I think it, I mean, sure. I mean, I can understand that, but you know, you have to understand that this is a Pixar movie and it's Disney. So I don't know if they would go that far, but I think for what we have, I think it's, it's really excellent. And I, I, I don't see reasons on why, to, you know, people should be complaining about such things. Uh, another thing about it as well is that uh, have you ever seen the uh, the the video on um, on online where they cut out all the emotion scenes and just leave Riley, and in a way yeah, it becomes its own film. Yeah, it's like it's uh, it's quite astounding how it, you know both both sides of the uh, of the movie kind of stand up on their own. You know, when you think about it. So yeah, it's uh, it's uh, yeah. So definitely, we we recommend you go see it. It's definitely the. Uh, one of the top and uh yeah so yeah exactly if i were to recommend um you know a movie that you should watch uh that came out this decade then inside out is the best one so far i mean toy story 3 is also um is very close as well but um considering that we're getting a toy story 4 then yeah as a standalone movie yeah inside out is uh highly recommended to check out do I dare go through the all the awards it won? Sure, I got all night. Uh, okay, it won like it won like fifty eight different awards, and uh, from like they're not just the Academy Awards. We're talking about like loads and loads and loads of awards. I tell you what, actually, Patricia, uh, I'll just f- let me just forward you on Google Hangouts this uh, the amount of awards it got. And uh, just click that link on there and just have a look. All right, sure. Let's see what we got. Um, 
Okay, clicking on the link, and... Oh my god! <laughs> Where should we start? <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh, wow. I mean, let's see. Where can we start with? Um, well, let's just do the Academy Awards. and uh, Yeah, good it, idea. It, Academy it, Awards for uh, Best Animated Feature. Again, I don't think it's too surprising. Mm-hmm. And it was also nominated for uh, Best Original Screenplay. And uh, really, has a Pixar film won anything outside of Best Animated Feature? Besides, uh, you know, obviously the uh, you know the the, the music and uh, I'm trying to think. It's not. I don't think he's ever won a screenplay. I don't think he has, I don't think he's ever got a, like a supporting actor or a best actor award. I don't, I don't think. think so either. Yeah, no. you're right. That, that, I uh, usually, you, uh, usually, when it comes to like Pixar movies, they. I mean, it's either it's either Pixar or Disney that usually wins for best animated feature. I mean, this Oscars, for example, we you know Coco won. Yeah. But then again, it was going up against the likes of Boss Baby, so not no, surprised. No, not too surprised at all. And uh, mind you, um, with um, the one thing I'd like to see Pixar, I'd like to see them break through and uh, like swoop, swoop up some like awards it's never won before. Like, dare I say, could it go for Best Film? Or uh, like, oh yeah. wow, Best Film overall. That's that's tough. Uh, has yeah. an animated film ever won that? I don't think it has. Well, be, be, oh, I'm also being proved wrong, so you know, put it up in the comments down below if you. Uh, yeah, yeah, put save. it in the comments. But yeah, I think that when Beauty and the Beast was nominated for Best Film, I think that that's why that's one of the reasons why they created the Best Animated Feature Film, and that's been going on since I think it was 2001 when Shrek, Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, and Monsters Inc. were nominated. Yeah. So that's the end of Pixmix, and uh, I'll tell you what, that's been a pretty entertaining one to say the least. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, uh, if anything else can uh, possibly top it. So, uh, you know, one thing I'm thinking of doing is uh, probably the end of Pixmix. Uh, maybe we might do like uh, a special video. I don't know, I'm not talking over with Patricia yet, but so uh, maybe we might do like one at the very end where we like we rank all our Pixar films that we've seen. Um, yeah, we can. We, we, we might. Yeah, we can do that. That that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe as soon as we're done with Incredibles two, we can go from best to uh, worst to best, and maybe we can even do the same thing for the shorts. Mm-hmm. Cool. So from uh, me, Aaron, and Patricia, take care. I'm um, bye for now. See you later. See you later. See you later. See you later. <laughs>